Hey, y'all. Van here. I know it's been a while. I've done a lot of living in these past three years, and I'm sure you have too. Since we made floodlines, a lot about the world has changed. There's that whole pandemic thing, for one. There was an election and a whole insurrection. There have been protests and a racial reckoning. We've gained and we've lost. Things, people, and ways of being. That's how it goes, I guess. One of the people we lost here on the Floodlines team was Miles Poydras. He was a fellow here at the Atlantic for a while. He was from New Orleans. And without his fact-checking, script guidance, and listening ear, we wouldn't have had the show we had. He passed away in September 2022. He was 25 years old. Miles was a prolific and brilliant writer. He was a kind and generous friend. And even though I was supposed to be his mentor, he taught me as much as he learned. He had an empathy and wisdom beyond his years. Hell, beyond anybody's years. When he first came to work for us, when we were talking about maybe doing a podcast about Hurricane Katrina, he wrote this. Quote, Oftentimes, the bit of solace that comforts me sitting isolated in places where the trace of humans, of nature, is less noticeable. There, the vitality of the soil still seemed present. And much like my experiences in the swamp, the buzzing of the natural feels life-giving. Looking over the horizon of swallowed land and mossy trees, I can reimagine history. I can draw my own maps and let the waters run wild. Water is my redeeming ethos because it is the last thing humans can control. Miles was proud to work here. His mama was proud that he worked here. We were proud to work with him. I decided that whenever I finally made a new show, whenever we rededicated ourselves to reimagining history, that we would dedicate the show to Miles. And now, that time is here. You can check out our trailer for our new show, Holy Week, right here. This is for Miles. Rest in peace, brother. If they would shoot a man like Dr. King and shoot my little boy, they'd shoot my wife, they'd shoot me. April 4th, 1968, is remembered by many as the end of the Civil Rights Movement, a time of loss. We had been taught about lynchings and the school bombings in Rosa Parks. We had been taught about all kinds of stuff, but we were angry. We were angry because a white man killed a prominent person in our life. Grief can have a way of warping the historical lens, trapping us in a moment and overshadowing some of what came before. We played every summer. We were outside in the back. Baseball, kickball, volleyball, tag. What came after King's assassination was a week of uprisings that have largely been forgotten. We broke out and went up to 14th Street. What did you see when you got there? Maybe about two or three thousand people. 
When I got up there, they had burned most everything down. I'm Van Newkirk, senior editor at The Atlantic. For the past year, I've been talking to people about the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. and the ensuing unrest that upended so many of their lives. What I've heard is a story about a break in time, a story that completely changes how I understand the end of the civil rights movement and the entire trajectory of modern America. It's a story about the limits of racial reckonings and about how trauma lives with people through time. It's a story about hope, about grief, about dreams, and about dreams deferred. Had he been able to do what he was planning to do, we would be looking at a different America. From the Atlantic, this is Holy Week. Listen to all eight episodes beginning on March 14th and visit theatlantic.com slash Holy Week.